three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Scott, Scott, how you doing, sir? Get your tissues ready. I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, dude, I've been crying for the last hour and a half, man. So I'm kind of like, I had to, uh, so we're reviewing Just Mercy today. Uh, this upcoming weekend, we will have lighter stuff, I, I promise. I kind of need to watch something lighter to review after, uh, after. so, okay, so, uh, Juneteenth, right, on Friday, this past Friday, I, uh, Honestly, man, I, we always talk about keeping it real whenever we do a recording, and I just got—I got to be real honest with you guys. I've just been—I'm kind of wearing down a little bit. Not—not not as far as the podcast or anything, but just—just just the amount of—I mean, dude, we got lynchings going on right now and shit. Like, there's a couple in California. There's one in Houston. It's just like, just being black right now. It's great to see the change and people educating themselves, but. This shit is just—it's draining on the soul, man. It's very soul tiring, and so um, I have to issue a apology here on the pod. Uh, not something I hope to do often, but uh, I got a screener for Just Mercy last year, um, and to be honest, man, I—I I, I just didn't get around to watching it. I, I'm just gonna be completely honest. I—I I, I was like, you know. I'll get to it, I'll get to it, and it was one of those movies that kept putting off, putting off, putting off, so by the time I got to uh, my best of, I still hadn't seen it, so that was April, I want to say, when I recorded my uh, best of, and uh, I gotta be honest, dude, um, if I had seen this last year, like, I honestly should have, and again, I'm genuinely apologizing uh, on that front, um... So I, I I know you weren't on it, but just real quick, if, uh, if to indulge me here, real quick. So my number one film last year was Parasite. Then it was 1917, Jojo Rabbit, Book Smart, Spider Man Far From Home, Marriage Story, Avengers Endgame, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Ford v Ferrari, Us. Right, that was my top ten. Um, this would have been my number five last year. Uh, if I had honestly watched it. Um, this is one of the best civil rights films I've seen in a while. And I actually think, and this might be a hot take, I think Jamie Foxx is better in this than he is in Ray. Um, now, I fully acknowledge I was one of the people who didn't think he should have won the Oscar for Ray. I think that should have gone to Don Cheadle for Hotel Rwanda because I thought he was excellent in that. But, uh... I gotta be honest, dude, between watching this and um, watching this Emmett Till documentary I'm gonna review here uh, later on, um, it's been an emotional couple days, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I gotta say, man, everyone in this movie, man, for me, fucking brought it. I, I thought everyone in this was uh, was uh, incredible. So, yeah, Scott, talk to me, man. Like, what did you think about this heading into it and all that? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, this thing is like 
free and widely available to everyone, which I thought was interesting. I didn't realize that they did that, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I kind of I kind of knew what to expect as far as like the genre, I guess, but I didn't know the story about what had happened and who Brian Stevenson was um, and like what what he had done. And, and I think initially what jumped out to me was the date. It wasn't like a, you call it a civil rights movie, but this was like a, like late, this happened in like the late 80s. Like this yeah. wasn't like 1965, you know, <laughs> this was like in the trial, um, the final trial was like 93. So it was kind of crazy. I mean, to see, um, and, and I think a lot of the, the movement that's going on kind of references th- this fact that we kind of had like put it in the blind spot. Those of us that don't experience it for, for the past like 20 years or so. Where it's just like, oh, that, I mean, that must be taken care of at this point. Um, but it's, I think that what initially stood out is how recent that this happened. It wasn't like, you know, in the 50s or 60s. It was late 80s, early 90s. Um, and I, I, I'm curious to know, uh, I'll have to do more research because this is kind of when, like, the Rodney King... Um, yeah. stuff was going on 92, I think. Um, so I wonder if that had a whole lot to play in maybe the outcome of this and, and the fact that they were able to bring, bring, um, bring it back to trial, bring the case back to trial. So yeah, the, the, the Rodney King incident, uh, occurred on, um, uh, in, in 91. So it's 91. Yeah. And then there was but, like, there was some, still some unrest up into yes. the, the 92 oh, yeah. right correct yeah so um yeah the, the the riots were in 92 um it okay so I, I i can't remember if we talked about this i i think i talked about it on uh um the like the other channel i occasionally do stuff for but um black black media really talks about you know those upcoming you know actors and actresses you know who's like who's got next if you want to use the uh the basketball term Mm -hmm. um michael b jordan i remember when i saw him in chronicle i remember going this brother's special i was like i don't know what it is i just have a feeling about this guy and then he did fruitville station which is if you have not seen fruitville station holy shit that's a movie um worth your time and attention and then you know he does you know does creed you know uh both creed films he does black panther and he does this and michael b jordan is one of those people where where i go he will be top 10 actors in the next five years like he has that career trajectory i i think the man is an incredible actor i think he understands responsibility that he has as far as um, the platform he's been given. Uh, he was at um, um, one of the George Floyd marches, I want to say, I think it was the L.A. one or the Baltimore one, I can't remember, but he was there. Um, there were pictures of him uh, and Tessa Thompson, who I uh, is another actress of color, who I go, 
you know, fuck yeah, you know, and, and Michael B. Jordan, man, you, you know, obviously, you know, Black Panther, eh, but, <laughs> but, um, this might be his best career performance. Like, I was thinking maybe Fruitville Station, maybe, but I don't know, man. Uh, like, really sitting here thinking about this might be his best performance. Um, so, kind of talking about, uh, you know, getting to the, you know, the plot uh, of this, Michael B. Jordan plays uh, Brian Stevenson, who is only, like, 60, and he was actually mm-hmm. on Ellen with Michael B. Jordan, on uh, in January, and he doesn't look older than forty. It's it's fucking it's fucking surreal to be honest. To be honest with you, but um, he goes ahead and moves to uh, uh, where we're talking uh, uh, Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, so the movie starts off in uh, Monroe County, uh, Monroe County, Alabama, in nineteen eighty-seven. Uh, J- Jamie Fox rocking the most wonderful. Uh, Snidely Whiplash mustache ever. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that mustache is mustache is amazing. But he plays uh, Walter McMillan, who uh, has this like this like a, what would you call it? like a lawn like a like a tree uh, like a landscaping service. Yeah, well, he was just doing work basically, and yeah, chopping down trees essentially when when he got arrested. Yeah, and he gets pulled over by his three cops. It, dude, I. I have been like you, you, you know. We always make the joke that I, you know, I don't, I don't drive, but I've definitely, unfortunately, been like stopped just walking by cops and had conversation. That conversation where you're kind of like, oh man, this could go really badly, really quickly, and it's really once a cop goes, oh man, you got some expensive rims there, boy. It's like, oh fuck, and he even has that look on his face, like, oh shit, and you know, they pull him from the truck throw him down, and he gets accused of murdering this, uh, um, I'm completely blank on the victim's name, I believe it was Rachel, uh, I believe it was Rachel something. Yeah, I forget what the, the, the actual girl's name is, it's like 17 year old, or like 19 year old, 18? Uh, Yeah, she was 18, I remember that specifically. 18 year old, like, young white girl, basically, and he had been kind of, like, attached to this based on... Um, initially, like, he had been apparently cheating on his wife with a white woman or something, and then, you know, people started talking, and then kind of that's what led to this. I mean, obviously, there's a lot that went on behind it, but initially his kind of view uh, from from the community was, like, he was like this. Turned out to be, like, people thought he was, like, a, a drug dealer or a gang leader just based off of that. Um, and that kind of what led into it. And, and I'm going to be honest, man, I'm going to call it out, man. It's very much that, that church level of gossip where it's like, oh, did you hear about this that happened? And, you know, it gets built up and built up and built up. And I say church specifically because a lot of the people who are in, uh, who are really working behind the scenes, they're clearly, you know, God-fearing folk, uh, clearly, you know, that doesn't fucking matter as we get into, you know, what, what happened. But, um, it really is that gossipy shit that goes ahead and elevates, um, this man who, yeah, had, you know, was stepping on his wife. Definitely not a, definitely not a good thing to do. But I mean, 
adulterer to murderer. I mean, that's quite a fucking. Well, you know, you know and, that, and that's that's something important to to point out too. I feel like that's everything that's going on right now is like people making the argument like, oh well, you were breaking the law or blah blah blah. Just don't break the law. Blah 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 blah. And that's just like so infuriating when it's like, you know, so the justice is to like kill them for driving drunk or trespassing or whatever it is like that's that's never going to be the solution (laughs) that should never be the end goal for any of it yeah i mean we should be trying to i I mean honestly dude and all i have to say uh, i have two words that's brianna taylor that's all i have to fucking say like because anytime someone wants to go there and go like oh if you're just not breaking your wall yeah brianna taylor she was in her fucking house like you know and and um, uh, it's part of it. It was Rhonda Morrison. That, that that was her name. So they um, so they said she was found dead. Uh, like on November first, she had been uh strangled and shot. They said, um, and that convicted Johnny D, as they call him, his right. name to to a lifelong sentence. Um, can I just say to the cruel irony in the fact that um, uh, the judge who sentenced him, his name was Robert E. Lee Key. Like I just heard it wrong. Like, like I, I did, did. Did did you catch that? Because I heard that and went, "Oh motherfucker!" Of course it was you that yeah. would go ahead and like, you know, I'm. I'm like, I, I'm yeah. Once I heard that, I'm like, oh, he's screwed. Yeah, because he originally was just supposed to just get life in prison, but then you know, Mister Confederate Flag is like, oh no, death, and it's like, oh you motherfucker, <laughs> and the the in in the dude, I, I'm gonna be honest, man, my anger is gonna come out in this because I was really sitting here watching this. It's like. Oh, you sons of bitches. Like, it, it just really made my blood boil. Uh, just because it's at the end of the movie, I want to kind of bring it up now. Um, the stat they shared, what, one out of nine people on death row is innocent? Yeah. Well, so... That's... Yeah, it's, ahead, no, it's wild. That's It's insane. But, like, that, that's kind of, like, the basis for why Brian Stevenson was there. Um, oh, no, I don't, I don't have it in front of me. But the organization that... He worked for was like a um, uh, social justice. Shoot, I'm gonna. I don't uh, it's know, a what, uh, uh, e, uh, e, ELJ, I believe. Is yeah, like ILJ, uh, some some sort of advocacy group of of lawyers that they don't charge. It's like the Innocence Project, similar to that, where um, they, EJI EJI, where they seek out people who are on death row and try to like you know, hear them out and, um, see if like any, you know, any wrongdoing had take place in that. And that's kind of, that's kind of Brian Stevenson's story played by Michael B. Jordan of him. This is like one of the first real big cases that they, that they have, have with it. But, but I mean, the, the stats are like astounding. Absolutely. Like, when I heard one out of nine, I was like, that can't be right. So I'll, I'll be honest with you, I looked it up, and I was like, oh, my fucking God. That is just, that is madness. That's that's just over 11%. I mean, you think about that. I mean, you think about the death penalty in general. It's like, man, you would think our percentage would be like, what, one out of 30, one out of 40. You know what I mean? Like, way higher than one out of well, you yeah, think like people would be real sure before they're like, okay, let's kill this dude. It, exactly. And I think that was the part that made me, like, really, like, stagger back. Like, oh, my God, one out of nine. That That's, I mean, fuck, that's, 
that's just such a low, not the, the odds are not nearly high enough to do something as egregious. And we do get to kind of witness an execution in this movie, which I'll be honest, man, it takes a lot to make me turn away. Um, that, that scene in the Green Mile, by the way, is still some of the saddest shit I've ever seen. And I remember watching that going like, oh, you fucking evil-ass white people. Like, killing Michael Clark Duncan. Like, I remember being so mad. Because it's really the same thing. It's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Uh, but um, Michael B. Jordan, though, uh, Brian Stevenson, when he goes to Alabama, um, they talk about, you know, the South and how, hey, you're going to Alabama. His mom... You know, was talking to him like, you know, uh, the, the line she dropped that just gave me chills is where she goes, you know, uh, if something happens to you, I'm your parent. I still have to take care of your yeah. funeral arrangements. And I was like, uh, it's like that's never something that you should even have to tell your your child, you know. And But unfortunately, it's a very real possibility. And I know we're jumping around here a little bit, but there is this traffic, there is this scene where, uh, where Brian gets stopped by his cops. And dude, if I I have not I haven't wanted to jump into my TV and kick some people's asses more in a long time, man. Like that just that angered me in a way. Like in the way the one cop goes, "We're letting you go. We're doing you a favor. You should be happy." I was like, "Oh fuck!" Oh, like oh my blood was just boiling on that shit. But it does speak to the fact that Brian is trying to do something that. Really, the other lawyers, and they, I think they say lawyers that uh, that uh, Jamie Foxx's uh, character, that uh, that uh, uh, that Johnny D had had at least what was it two prior lawyers? I think they said. Yeah, he said. Um, yeah, it's kind of like the same deal where people were coming in, being like, "Hey, we can help you out here. We can kind of save you from death row," and then charging them a bunch of money, and nothing really happened. It's. It really is crazy because the thing I think this movie does so well um, is it portrays the insane amount of hoops <laughs> that Brian has to jump through to try and get mm-hmm. Johnny D off. Like, honestly, man, just watching it, it was fucking, like, exhausting mm-hmm. just watching it. I can't even imagine because there, there's a point where uh, they're talking about the trial and everything and, like months are going by i mean it's a long ass time he's working on this one fucking case and you find out it's not just his case he's he's working on he's working on you know multiple cases including never character in the film uh, uh, herbert um like brian is stretching himself thin and it really does speak to his work ethic and it really uh i found that part to be one of the most uh inspiring pieces to be to be completely honest i was like wow okay um uh sorry um go ahead go, go ahead man i mean let, let's talk about michael b jordan man what do you think of his portrayal excellent he's just he's just like solid in everything he does like he there's he has like such a low floor for his acting that i think we you kind of can like take it as take it for granted kind of as commonplace for him because he's always such a like solid um like he doesn't even have he doesn't even have like a lot of looks like i don't even know how to describe that like he he can he can display so much emotion in well like he has so much range but like he doesn't really have to do a whole lot to change like if he's like 
upset. He doesn't, he isn't like this big upset character. You can just kind of see it in his face or if he's happy or sad. They're just like, he uses his face so well to, to portray his emotions. And I think it's another solid performance by him. I don't know if it's his like best performance I've ever seen, but it's, like I said, he has such a low or such a high floor for his acting from what I've seen that like it's he doesn't need to be some like the star. He's always just super, super solid. Yeah, I um he does that great uh, that great that, that sorry, I don't know what happened to my speech here. That great uh that great uh that great uh that great uh, uh lower lip tremble uh-huh. he's like upset like he he has that shit fucking down it's almost like his like his blue steel it's like, oh my god <laughs> like like when, he, like when he starts doing that you're like oh shit um there's a scene where he goes to visit uh johnny d in prison and this guard makes him disrobe and i scott i'm gonna be honest man that's when i that's when my like my my hand started falling mm-hmm. up to a fist. Like, that was pretty early fucking... too. It was like he he just goes to interview, people like his clients and try to get some testimony from them, in the jail. And they don't even the, the guys like, all right, we're gonna need you to go take off your clothes. It's like you, attorneys don't need to be strip searched. And it's like, and the guard was like, here you do. And so he. Makes him strip down completely unnecessary, unnecessarily and like embarrasses him. And it, it's just like the I, what I was thinking the whole time I was like, is this guard getting off to this? Or like, what is what is his huge play here in the grand scheme of things? It's like so ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, it really is. I think that's the part where. You know, I, I, I had I had to tell my friend, I'm like, look, man, like this is, you know, you some people are going to watch this movie and think it's so far out of the realm of possibility. And the scary thing, it's not. This is based on a true goddamn story. So mm-hmm. clearly it's not out of the realm of possibility. And I and I would really encourage people to not have that. That but it's just a movie. Mm-hmm. Or it only happened once mindset because you know what? Everything happens once until it's a pattern. You know, everything has to happen once until it snowballs till it's a part of our system. So I'd really encourage people to not have that really insane mindset um, because it's it, it's a terrible way to look at things. So it's like, oh, it doesn't happen. Often. Well, and, and something um, important that you mentioned is like all the ways that they were being screwed with along the way. And it didn't just happen at the jail. It happened with the sheriff trying to block them from getting the trial, you know, uh, re- for a retrial. And then it, then they go to the local judge there in the area and he, he doesn't call for a retrial and he doesn't see any reason, even though there's like ample evidence that um, Brian's character has come up with. It's like, hey, this is completely ridiculous. We need a retrial. And then it, so he has to take it to the Alabama Supreme Court, state Supreme Court, for them to even look at this seriously. So it's it's kind of astounding, like you're saying, how many different levels they had to break through just to get someone to listen to them or take them seriously. Yeah, um, th- there's a scene where uh, Brian is talking to uh, Michael Harding, uh, who plays uh, Sheriff Tate, who, oh my fucking God, I, I, oh, Sheriff Tate's such a 
fucking breeds of crap. <laughs> and then the um, and then the uh, district attorney, who's a uh, whose name I cannot find on IMDb right now, but uh, they basically go ahead. Uh, the sheriff. So I'm paraphrasing, but this is what the this is what he says. He goes, "Oh, I'm sorry. You have this." Uh, this fantasy of the South, uh, fulfilling your fantasy of who we are down here, framing niggers for framing, and this is framing niggers for murder in the same goddamn sentence. I was like, what? Like, really? You're gonna talk about how the South isn't racist and you're gonna drop the N word to his face? I was like, oh my god, oh my god. And this is only maybe 30 minutes in, mm -hmm. and I'm just in my and I'm just in my chair. And I'm gonna be honest, dude, Scott, I, I, I'm gripping my chair at this point, man. If I had seen this in the theater, I'm really kind of grateful I didn't see this in the theater because I would have been like, I, I would have been talking to screen. I would have been like Martin. I would be like, oh no, you did. Like I'd be doing that shit because I was just, <laughs> I was so upset at points. But to be honest, with, that's a great thing though. You, this movie should piss you off at points because mm -hmm. um, if there's a um, who who else is in here is. Uh, uh, oh, Captain, my Captain, uh, Brie Larson, who plays uh, uh, Eva, and she works, uh, she works for Brian. And there's a scene where she's home with her husband. Uh, I would have, I actually would have, wouldn't have minded seeing her and her husband interact a little more because, like, the husband kind of pops in the frame to go, like, "Oh, hello, I exist," and then kind of just like disappears, and you don't see him uh, that much. But she gets this call when she's there eating dinner for family and Brian and this random guy on the phone's like, oh, are you that, uh, uh, what is it? That, are you that girl who's helping that, that nigger lawyer and talks about how they put a bomb under her house. And they really, the film really does a great job of showing the gravity of the situation they're in because yes, what Brian is doing, it is the right thing. Like obviously, but the amount of obstacles that are in the way and the amount of people in the South who are very um, not pleased that he's going ahead and trying to go ahead and get this, um, get Johnny B out of the bat, uh, out of jail. Mm -hmm. It's really crazy how the crazies really come, how they really come out of the woodwork to go ahead and try to uh, uh, derail his whole, uh, his whole push. It's, it's crazy to think about how, you know, we can't get people to, you know, to, to, to sometimes to vote sometimes, but, mm -hmm. you know, oh, being racist, being racist in the South. Absolutely. Let's all band together. Like it, it was just, it was really kind of surreal to see how many people, um, whether it was, you know, just these, you know, these country folk who didn't want him there up to fucking like government officials and like people who have, who are, you know, supposed to be upholding the law and they're like nope fuck that it's just it's really kind of crazy mm -hmm. like how large the scope is um but uh what did you think of brie larson in this? i think she was like a nice villain like i i i don't think she was like a some like star performance but she was fine like i didn't i didn't really notice her to be honest it was just like she was, you know, solid supporting actress. I, wh what did you think? Did you, were you blown away or, or what? I, 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 lo I, I loved her in this. Um, now, I, I will, I, I do agree. She's not like. Um, and and I, I think mean, that was the I, role I, too, right? I mean, she was, she, yeah. she wasn't shown a whole lot. And even when she was, it was like, yeah, kind of the person agreeing 
with um, Brian's character and like, yeah, 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 let's do this. And I'm sorry it's going this way. And you, that's just someone you need. Like you, there's, you can't avoid that character. But I, I mean, she was, she's fine. I, I love her in almost, in most everything she's done. So it's nothing against her, but it just, it wasn't like a outstanding performance for me. So, so I thought she did. I thought she was outstanding with what she was given. But you're right. This is not like a role that's written to have a lot of screen time. Right. But the the the, the scenes that she has, uh, she has more scenes of Michael B. Jordan. Really, primarily him. There's that scene where she they're on her porch and she talks about how, um, she uh, and I'll be honest, dude. This is kind of echoed Facebook, um, responses I've gotten. Uh, where she, uh, she flat says, I don't need people to like me as long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And goddamn, is that not true, man? I've had, I've, I've probably lost at least 30, 40 people. Um, or I've had at least 15 to 20 text me and be like, look, I disagree with what you've, you're writing or whatever. And it's like, all right, cool. Then, you know, kick rocks. It, it's, it's crazy how sometimes doing the right thing, you know, you living your truth, you're going to lose people. The, the line that she had for me that made me go, okay, this is why I'm going to remember your character, is that uh, I don't want my son knowing his mom stopped doing what was right just because she was scared of uh, some crazy bigot. Mm-hmm. And and I love the fact the movie, it's like, look, this is not easy what they're doing. Um, I, I mean, dude, I'll be honest, man. I... I mean, fuck. I'm in Reno. I mean, you lived you lived here for a while. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm grateful. I'm not, you know, like Mississippi or Alabama. Uh, by the way, won't be going to Alabama anytime <laughs> soon. I'm just like, like I wasn't gonna go there anyway. But this movie really pushed push home. I was like, man, I, I, dude, I wouldn't even want to play for for Alabama the school, man. I'm just like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like honest, honestly, I was just like, nah, man, like. Fuck that! Like I will stay as far away from Alabama as humanly fucking possible, um, unless we give up PS fives and maybe better go. But outside of that, but uh, yeah, man, Alabama is not cool, and I think people forget. Uh, I, I I mentioned this being um, a great a great civil rights film, just as far as the concept of civil rights, not like when it you know took place. But this was eighty seven. That's not long. That's not that long ago. That's, I mean, that's when I was born. So it's like, okay, 33 years ago. um, Do you hear about Alabama being, you know, super welcoming of black people? (laughs) Like 33 years. I mean, I'm just saying, man, how many, I mean, how many black, you know, people are really, you know, I would, how many black people do you, do we honestly think are comfortable living in Alabama? Probably not a lot. And, uh, I think this movie makes a very good case for me to just go like, yeah, I'm good. Not, uh, not going, not going to Alabama. Um, what I love about this movie too, is that as far as talking about the case and, um, when they lay out what happened with the case and how they go, they went ahead and they got, um, this, uh, testimony, uh, from this other guy who's on death row, when they lay that out. I remember I just started laughing. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me because it is the most flimsy, like, half-ply toilet paper sort of, like, reasoning that they got this conviction. I was like, really? That's what, that's all it took? And when you find out um, the, uh, the reasoning behind it 
and what they threatened this guy with. Well, it's like First off, it's like the 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 lengths that they went to 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 frame somebody is crazy. Like like they took this guy who had like some serious trauma in his life with fire and he had been burned really badly and they put him in a cell they they threatened him and told him like you know tell us what you saw wink wink and tell us who did it you know referring to um uh what is his name what is his character's name Don- donnie yeah i believe yeah yeah donnie yeah, and donnie. yeah and like it's just it's crazy that they went to those lengths put him in a cell um next to where they do the executions so he could like he was talking about smelling the the burnt skin and because they did electrocutions back then so it was just like insanely cruel and also like the astonishing the lengths that they went to to convict somebody who didn't do it yeah that that in particular was the thing so i mean i've burned my uh uh, I burn. I've burned like my hands up before, and the the smell of burning flesh is truly nauseating. Like it's just it it makes you want to like ugh, it's terrible. So when you think about that trauma, you just go like, wow, to dig into someone's past like that and take something so um to just go ahead and work someone's fear like mm-hmm. that. It's so genuinely evil. It's just like, wow. And, and that's a great point. Uh, you brought up Scott. Yeah, I mean, they used to do extra, uh, 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 you know, use the electric hair back then. Uh, now I believe it's just lethal injection, um, which, I, I, I mean, that's a whole other issue we mm-hmm. <laughs> won't touch on here. But, um, but it's crazy to think about how that occurs. There is, uh, they don't show it here. They, I'm, which I'm grateful for, but they do show a, a, a electrocution um, take place, and the movie does a great job, also because it's PG-13, but they don't go ahead and show mm-hmm. it, but they have, you just, the way the scene is shot, you just see Michael B. Jordan's face, and the look on his face, man, is just, it hurt my heart to watch it, man. Like, you just see, like, but... In a weird way, and, and, and follow me on this, it feels like once he sees that, he knows exactly what he needs to do. Like, not like he wasn't sold on it before, mm-hmm. but I feel like that was almost like a like a driving force for him. And I gotta be honest, dude i um I've been I've been to funerals and stuff. I I can't look at a place that has an open casket. I just I I, I mentally I just can't handle it. I couldn't handle watching something like that happen. Like, your heart just breaks for him because it's like they're playing his song, mm-hmm. uh, Herb's song, when he's getting uh, when he's getting executed. And you're just like, oh, my God, this is just hard to watch. And, you know, and the, the thing that I just started breaking down, it, it I, I cry at multiple points in this movie, but there's a point where Herb, you know, tells uh, Brian that, you know, I don't have any family left, so I asked the army to, to, you know, to mail my flag to you. Like, I hope that's okay. And I just fucking, I, I just broke down. I was like, oh, son of a bitch. And, you know, he tells him that he to be honored. And then, uh, you know, y- y- you see what happens. Uh, Mr. Myers is the, uh, the, 
the guy we're talking to who's being uh, blackmailed. And that shit was just, I, I know we talked about it just now, but that in itself is a brilliant scene. The first time that Brian goes to the jail to interview him. Because Mr. Myers, you know, like all prisoners, he's like, oh, give me a sun kiss and some jujubes. You know, he's like, we're not going to talk about, like, we're not going to talk about that shit. But the way he kind of, kind of works it, mm-hmm. you know. He's, he's and like, I love oh, that. I love his character, too. He was in, um, or Brother Where Art Thou, uh, uh, among. That's where I recognize him from. Thank yeah. you. Bug the hell Yeah. Out. And you. he's <laughs> such an, such a great actor. And. Even in this, like the ability to maintain that kind of like, like side side mouthy kind of talk and like hit the scars and he was kind of like blinking a lot and like really kind of almost neurotic uh, feel to it. I think he he absolutely nailed that role. Yeah, um, I I do too. So wow, and I know we've talked about Michael B. Jordan. We talked about Brie Larson a little bit. I gotta give props to Jamie Foxx, man. I thought Jamie Foxx was excellent in this, and I, when the Oscars when the Oscars came out, I said, "Hey, Brad Pitt totally deserves Best Supporting Actor for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood." Um, I, I think Jamie Foxx might have deserved it more. If I'm being completely honest, I'm just like, ah, okay, because I'm sitting there watching this man, and the line, and this is maybe. 25 minutes in the line Jamie Foxx drops where he goes, you, you know, the only suit they want to see nigga is the suit I have on. I went, Oh man, that's really depressing. But in Alabama, really fucking accurate. And honestly, a lot more places than it should right. be accurate. And, and that line in particular kind of made me go, Oh, we're, we're, we're off to the races kind of <laughs> to the races. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I know it's a, I, I, I need to get one joke in on this fucking review, but but Jamie Foxx is incredible in this man. The the way he's able to just break to break down and really just relay the emotion that he's feeling. I love when uh, uh, Brian uh, uh, Brian uh, oh my gosh uh, Brian yeah Brian uh, when he goes and talks uh, goes ahead and talks to uh, his family and you know they're flat telling him like he did not do this and he you know brian wasn't aware of the affair before he got there but you know uh the wife talks about like yeah he did me wrong but you know these kids didn't have a say in that you know and he's he's still their dad and i was like that's yeah like i mean as shitty as what it is that he did was you know he is still he is still a father and i really appreciate the fact that they um went ahead and spoke uh, went ahead and spoke to that. Um, it's it's really hard to watch at points, and I really do appreciate that. I I, we, I know we mentioned the uh, scene with uh, with Brian getting stopped. We didn't talk about the scene where uh, Brian goes ahead and he goes up, he goes to the district attorney's house, and that scene in particular, or, or not the district attorney, but um, the the other lawyer um that scene in particular is just that's a rough scene to watch it gets really intense and i love that you see brian for the most part man he is about as kind as you could be given the really shitty circumstances you're having thrown at you but 
goddamn, man, when as the movie kind of gets to its climax, you see Brian just kind of taking the uh, taking the gloves off a little mm-hmm. bit. The second time he the second time he visits Mr. Myers, it's a it's a way less fun. Mr. Myers even says like you're a lot more fun the first time around. Like he. Brian really kind of starts putting the hammer down, and I and I really appreciated, um, really appreciated how he went about it. the The first initial scene he has with the DA, you know, he talks about how that man, you know, referring to Johnny D, you know, caused a lot of pain. If you go digging these wounds, you're gonna make a lot of people unhappy. And Brian immediately retorts with, you know, it's not my job to make people happy, which I was like. Thank you, Jesus Christ! Like I was like, why is that so hard for people to grasp? But it's not my job to make people happy; it's to achieve justice for my client. And I just, I love that line. I that just that gave me uh, chills. And the um, the last scene I will touch on before I'll throw it back to you. We get to to our final thoughts. Um, the scene where uh, where Jamie Fox is talking to. Michael B. Jordan, and he talks about how, um, you know, uh, the whole retrial, um, or the whole, like, notion of it, uh, when, uh, Walter's talking to Brian, uh, Brian, he tells him that that's the most that he's felt like himself since he's been on death row, and how he gave him his truth back, and that whole scene, Right there, I, I had to pause the movie and, and legit stand up in my chair and go, oh my god, you know, fucking bravo. Um, this is such a well-made film, and I, I'm just going to jump to my final thoughts and give my grade, and I'll let you say what you want to say and wrap up. But um, I'm really getting sick of black people only playing slaves, which is why something like Moonlight was so important for me to see. I was like, oh my god, like... You know, like, a, a black story from the gay perspective. Like, what a fucking concept. I mean, we, you know, black people, we don't always have to play slaves. Um, so it was really nice to see, you know, a black lawyer going to a situation, uh, going to a situation he really didn't have to go to mm-hmm. um, at all. Um, a Harvard-educated uh, black lawyer. And when you find out why Brian is doing what he's doing, it makes a lot of sense when they kind of get into what, uh, why, what, why he is the way he is. I went, oh fuck, that's really shitty. Um, this is such an incredibly well-made film. I don't even know if you remember this movie, but Destin, uh, Destin Daniel uh, Cretton and um, Andrew uh, Laham, uh, Lanham is what I'm gonna go with. They worked on. A movie that you, I remember, I think you liked that we reviewed, but I hated uh, this movie called The Glass Castle, where Woody Harrelson is Brie Larson's dad. Do you remember that movie? Scott, do you remember that one? Or Sorry, you cut out for, for a little while there. I was <laughs> I was hoping to sneak back in. No, no, you're good. No, I was just asking, do you remember that movie, The Glass Castle, where uh, Woody Harrelson was Brie Larson's dad? Do you remember that movie? Um, yes, I do. It was like the kind of dark one. Yeah, so I remember if memory serves, you liked I d- it and you gave like a... Yeah, I did like it. I, I, yeah, and I hated that yep. movie and they wrote they wrote that movie and I was like, really? Is this the same people who, who wrote that? I was like, that's a fucking trip. So, um, 
he's also directing uh, the new uh, Marvel movie, uh, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So hopefully it's good. But, um, but it's really crazy, though, to see that they went from that, a movie, again, I could not fucking stand, to this movie, which, again, I, I bought and went, oh my god, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm happy... I'm happy I didn't see it last year because given the circumstances and where we are right now, I, I'm really happy to be reviewing this with you now in the moment we're in. But um, I, I I was really looking for a complaint on this. I mean, I could have used more Brie Larson. Uh, I mean, I could always use more Brie Larson. Um, insert joke here. But I, but, uh, I could have used a little bit more of her and I wouldn't have minded seeing more of the husband just so he didn't feel like you know kind of a fly on the mm -hmm. wall for the few scenes uh that he is in the film but outside of that i think the length on this um much like you big boy was a perfect i uh, <laughs> i couldn't help myself but, now you're just looking uh, for this, him yeah i know um it, this really didn't run too long and i was kind of worried it might but it's just over the two hour mark and I was like, yeah, for this, I think that's exactly where you kind of want to stop it. Because I think at two and a half hours, this would have been a little too long, personally. But I think they hit, like, the perfect the perfect middle ground as far as where to cut it. Um, they, I would say watch all of the credits because there is some stuff they bring up um, about people involved in the case. Even the fact that, um, that the, the woman who's killed Rhonda, that... It's uh, Rhonda Morrison. It seemed like she was actually killed by a white dude, but no charges were ever filed. And then um, that asshole sheriff got reelected, uh, what, six more times, I believe it was, after this case. I was like, wow, that's some bullshit. So, yeah, uh, yet another reason not to go to Alabama. But um, but for me, man, yeah, th this is this is a fan-fucking-tastic Top to bottom, left to right. Uh, the direction was great. The courtroom scenes were, were excellent. That was some of the stuff I was like, okay, this is how you you do this. And the score um, wasn't overwhelming, but it picked up when it needed to, and it's 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 subtle in other places where it needed to be. So for me, it's a fan-fucking-tastic. But uh, yeah, Scott, I'll let you wrap up your final thoughts and your grades, sir. Yeah, I mean, agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um Great acting performances here, as as you went over. Um, Brie Larson, Jamie Fox was excellent. I also think he was probably one of the better performances in this. Um, and then Michael B. Jordan, who I kind of talked about already. Um, I think you know if if I were to have a gripe with this, um, and it's not necessarily a gripe. I kind of am going back and forth on it because. The movie itself is a something that gets me with movies is predictability, and I feel like with something like a like a civil rights movie, they're all kind of follow the same same game plan, and it's like out of town lawyer comes into um, you know into a small town that people don't like him. There's some trouble. Um, and then it's kind of about him or her um, breaking out of that and becoming victorious with, you know, whoever. And, and then it kind of climaxes at the end when things kind of are are settled and, you know, good is made 
on the wrongs that have that have come to pass. And I don't know if that's I'm trying to decipher if that's a knock against it or not, or if that's just kind of the way that all these films go. But to me, it just it felt cookie cutter in that way where it's, you know, like the the acts were all kind of preset. You don't really need to do a whole lot of creative maneuvering in part because it's historical fact, a lot of it. Um, but you know, a lot of these movies, they take a lot of liberties in, in themselves to kind of make them what they are. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And it's like, a, I definitely an important piece kind of referring back to a review we just did called the five bloods, the Spike Lee joint. And it, it, this was definitely more poignant and less, you know, kind of off the seat of their pants. And, you know, in part because this was based in, in historical fact. But I just wasn't, it wasn't, this isn't going to be like an exciting movie per se. Although there, there are exciting points like where um, Brian is arrested uh, or, or, or pulled over and threatened, things like that. But this is like a very straightforward you know what you're gonna get out of it and and i think it's an important movie and it there's there's great themes and there's great acting so it's everything you want but it just wasn't like something new that i hadn't seen before and that that would be my only gripe with it um and i think it's it's an a for for my grade um it's not fantastic because it's i just feel like i've seen this movie you know, multiple times before with, you know, insert different characters here, but the acting is top notch. And I'm, you know, for, for a movie like this, that they're releasing free, um, it's kind of surprising that they were able to get these big name actors, Jamie Foxx, Brie Larson, Michael B. Jordan, um, uh, what's his name? Tim, you know, over the rock though guy, um, Tim, Tim, yeah. Tim Nelson. <laughs> um, and they're all, excellent in this so highly recommend go see this very poignant right now and it's free so you don't really have an excuse not to yeah well said i was sitting here i was like i'm not gonna lie like the five bloods i was kind of like all right fine i was like if he goes lower than the a on this i'm gonna be able to <laughs> like, like scott come no on, this is man. a great movie i, I but it, you know it's it is it's a quote-unquote civil rights movie even though it was in the late 80s early 90s portrayed as but it's you know it is what it is like you, you you're gonna get you know what you're getting into and, and, and I and I think like how do I put this? I get what you're, I don't agree with what you're saying, but I get what you're saying because I mean you do see a, you see enough of these, and I think the lines start to get blurred, and I think that the conversation you have to have is what separates you know this from you know like something like Soma, mm-hmm. for example, just, just to throw that and, and I, I want to so, add too. I feel like that I feel like a lot of these are are very uplifting and positive towards the end. And I, I think it's important to kind of keep that reminder in there that it's not like over, like that everything is like good now. And I feel like that's where a lot of like this, you know, the civil civil rights movement happened and then all everything that happened afterwards. And then there's movies made about it and things like that. And it was more of a like, oh, we'll see. And now it's all fixed. And I think it's important that we're doing it now where it's like things are definitely not fixed. And it's a, it's a process. It's a continual process. 
to eradicate systematic racism. And like, so I think sometimes when I get to the end of these, it's like kind of like a throw a a Disney bow on it and it's, and they won and blah, 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 blah. And I think sometimes I'm looking for the kind of the rawness in it of like, they highlighted this case and they won, but then let's remind everybody that's still going on. And I, and I did appreciate the fact that at the end of the movie, it does talk about the fact that, look, I mean, you know, you don't get those happy endings. I mean, look, Rhonda, uh, seemingly, um, I mean, she, she didn't get justice for, you know, her right. murder, that asshole sheriff, you know, got, you know, um, got, uh, reelected like what, six more times, um. They, they they talk about the uh, the organization uh, that that we were uh, talking about earlier. I mean, the fact that they've to- turned, they've helped get. I think I saw like like quite a few people. I think it was over a couple hundred, um, you know, off of uh, Death Row. The whole equal equal justice initiative. Mm-hmm. But it's it's crazy though that we need something that intense to do something that you know our system should have been built for anyway. I I think that's the part where. I think you hit the nail on the head. This is still going. This is not, you know, like just because this story's over doesn't mean that the system right. is fixed. You know, we still need to keep, we still need to keep pushing. But, um, but yeah, guys, uh, yeah, you can rent this for free. You can buy it for five bucks in HD. I mean, I, I bought it. I was like, you know what? Hell yeah. So, um, this will, this will join one of those movies that, Whenever I need a good cry, I'll put, <laughs> I'll put this on because, because yeah, I definitely have that list of movies where it's like I just need to cry for a bit. It's like okay, put this on. But um, guys, just mercy. Have you seen it? Let us know what you thought in the comments below. Uh, I said we would have uh, positive review or, or more fun reviews coming up. So we're viewing this weekend. We're viewing Training Day, which I am so goddamn excited to review Training Day. Um, Alea hasn't seen it, so we might watch that tomorrow maybe um i love train day and we're gonna review the uh, first avengers because the podcast was on thing when that came out so i think you haven't we reviewed that i feel like we've reviewed that we have not we have not reviewed the first avengers we've reviewed every other avengers except for the first one i checked i'll allow it i'll allow it (laughs) But, but um Go ahead and like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. Go ahead and follow yours truly on the Twitter at JHunterRealPineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at... first. And you can follow Colin. We miss you, buddy. Happy Father's Day to Colin, by the way, and to all the dads out there. Um, you can go ahead and follow Colin on Twitter at uh, at Nearman the first at, at the real O'Neill, pardon me, and go ahead and like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and iHeartRadio at the Real Pineapple. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, please stay safe out there. Again, Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, and if you're a mom playing both roles. Happy Father's Day to you too. Uh, stay safe out there. Love it on each other, and we'll talk Peace. to you guys soon.